Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, and I'm ready to talk about some sports cards. Hopefully you have got off to a good start. I want to thank you for tuning into the show. I appreciate everyone, the engagement, the likes, the shares, the follows, telling a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Those all matter and are much appreciated. I have certainly had an interesting week. I feel like majority of the people in the hobby have had an interesting week. There's been a lot of news, drama, all that stuff. I don't necessarily like to get down in the weeds, but I will make a few comments on the world that was the hobby last week. I'm going to talk a little bit about my week in the hobby, things I did, things that I went through that I think and I hope will benefit the greater good. That's why I do this damn program to help people out because people are helping me out. The world goes round. The hobby is a community. It's a very special community. It's an escape. It's all those things. And if I'm going to spend some time away from the family here, I do it for the listener. I do it for the person in the community that is trying to gain insight and level up because this show, this is an original thought. This show is a culmination of ideas that I am getting from other people in the community. This might be, there might be some original perspective on there, but most of this is stuff that I am learning along the way. This show, since it's almost hitting the two year mark, has always been about sharing, sharing what I've been learning as I've got back into the hobby. Now, as we are in 2022 and we're Hit, about to hit that two-year mark, I'm really interested in exploring the collector. I've talked about this, but what makes up the collector? What motivates the collector? Things that the collector does that might seem insane, but I think we can all appreciate and might learn from. That's what I really want to do. With Stacking Slabs, the show is for the collector, by the collector, and I'm going to be exploring these themes. I'm going to be an investigator try to pull out some things that are in our heads, in our minds, in our hearts, and try to bubble them up through guests on this show, through things that I'm learning. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope that's what gets you to come back and listen. Um, but, but, But all this stuff from the jump, let's just jump right into it. I will say, Definitely a rough week as a sports fan over here at Stacking Slabs HQ. Been coping a little bit, coping with a loss, a bad loss to end the season. Did not expect that. Um, I don't think anybody who uh, wears Colts blue was expecting that. Still reeling and recovering a little bit. Um, I said it was kind of, for me, it was the worst L taken since the 09 Super Bowl loss, just in terms of magnitude and impact and lingering side effects. I think just as fans, one thing that we kind of have to take a step back and think about is there's there's a lot more bad than there seems to be good most of the time. We have this connection with 
teens players and it's people who aren't in it or don't have that fandom or aren't a fanatic don't really understand but it's sports but it's life you know it's life to me and it's the investment of time energy and resources is it's stopping everything and it's just enjoying my team on a regular basis inside and outside of the season I'll get over it. I always do. And I'm sure um, everybody gets over it at some level. Um, But I think for me, it is kind of a reminder that it doesn't always go the way you think it is. And I think as I've been thinking about the close of this Indianapolis Colts season, I think that's true for the hobby and collecting too. And so for me, I took this L in stride or I'm trying to take it in stride. and think about focusing on collecting around the good times rather than the bad. And so when I think about buying cards that represent my fandom, I want to focus in on buying cards of players that can tie back to those memories and not necessarily have reminders laying around my collection that might remind me of this past season. Although there were some highlights, plenty of highlights, The end was certainly a low light for me, but the show goes on. I sat and I didn't boycott the NFL because my team was out. Um, I definitely, as I record this, it's Sunday morning, so I got a chance to watch some football. That Bengals and Raiders game was was awesome. The Bills and Pats game, maybe not so much. A little bit bit of a blowout, but I will say it uh, gave me the opportunity to appreciate some some young quarterbacks, I think Joe Burrow, obviously, um, love his confidence and swagger. And if you're participating in the Joe Burrow market and you're a collector, that was a good W for you in year two to get a playoff win already. So that th- Those are good indicators for, okay, I'm buying or collecting the right player. Um, and when I mean right player, I don't you buy, you buy and collect whoever the hell you want. But in terms of just the dollar value on the back end, I think, it's been proven that playoff wins matter. And then on the other side of it, Josh Allen just having a just historic performance, throwing five touchdowns. I said last week, I said, you know, Josh Allen's probably, I love Josh Allen. And as a matter of fact, we were cooking breakfast and I was talking about the games last night and I told my wife, you know, I went to bed in the third quarter and it kind of sucked because I just wanted to stay up and watch football, but I didn't really have a reason to because I was tired. My wife said, do you like Josh Allen? I was like, yeah, I love Josh Allen. And I, I love Josh Allen because I think there's a bit, pieces of him watching him play that remind me of Andrew Luck. And the maybe it's the size thing, it's the arm thing. He's got similar, some mobility. Um, but I think he's just a good dude. And I think he is the type of player that can like, for taking this sport to kind of that next generation of fans, I think he is a good representative of like people that if there's a a billboard of players that um, kind of we're looking at for the next ten years, Josh Allen is someone that I think uh, could be on that. And I said last week I was talking about his card prices, and I said you know they're they're high, obviously a lot of them ju- justified, but he, a lot of it is justified. But really, I said that I believe he needs to kind of take it. He went to the AFC Championship last year. Needs to take that next step, go into the Super Bowl to help kind of realize some of these prices. And man, did he, it was like he came out with a bang, um, just uh, a a hell of a performance. And I think that's what the NFL playoffs is always about. It's just 
these performances that we can tie back and they're in our minds forever. Like that certainly is a game I won't soon forget watching him just do his damn thing. And so I'm trying to get this recording done so I can watch football all day. And even though my team's not in it, um, I love football. So I will be enjoying it. And hopefully if your team's still in it, best of luck to you. And if it, if it's not football is a year round sport and I'm sure you're already scheming like me on what what your team's going to do, how the draft's going to play a role, free agency, what's going on. I'm already in that mindset. That is for damn sure. Did anyone pay attention to any of the hobby drama that was going on this week? Holy moly. There was a lot. It all hit at once. And for me, I was just like, what is happening? And so I'm going to just call out like three specific things. I'm not going to go into detail on these things. There are plenty of Instagram accounts, plenty of people covering these things. Um, And if you want to learn more about what these things are, then dig in to Instagram, dig into YouTube, just do a a search. You'll find people talking about it. But the three things that were like very dramatic and all hit this week were uh, you have the Logan Paul and Shine Pokemon fake case. You had the hacked eBay accounts that were posting other people's cards. This is a trend that's continuing. Um, And then you had the topless breakers, Trevor Lawrence, gold kaboom thing. So what I will comment on, and it's something that just in the line of work that I do that I think I want to call out because it's something that I, I noticed in just my analysis of the situation um you so the biggest thing that i think outside of the fraud that was committed to purchase the case the selling of the case for you know whatever multiple and it all going around i think going back to logan paul and then it becoming a fake case people have dissected this thing and i don't need to get into it but i think the one thing that i do want to comment on is the element of hype and how the element of hype can blind us and also cause cause pain and cause bad things to happen in the hobby. And I think that hype was on full display with this Pokemon case. And I fell into it. Okay. I felt, and this is pre this story bubbling up to the level of them trying to figure out if it was counterfeit or not. I think when you had the people who bought it off of eBay created content around the purchase, YouTube, documentation, hyped up this buy, hyped up this sale to shine, and created content around it, which inherently gets people like me, gets people like you to watch. And there's momentum when people watch, the views, the eyeballs, and people start to get excited around this. People are watching this. It's entertainment, but then other people are watching it and say, okay, if this you know, first edition case of Pokemon is going for this now, maybe if I'm looking on investing in certain cards and people are start maybe mapping comps from that um, on an individual card purchase, maybe they're jumping into Pokemon because they see the opportunity in dollars. And I think that's just something to be cautious of. I think hype is going to be a part of our hobby, whether we like it or not. It is the part of 
other digital collectible things that want to be a part of our hobby. That's what they're predicated on is hype is. And I think we, when we are observing things in the market, really need to be skeptics and put a critical eye on certain things and not just follow what everyone else is following. And I think it's, I think it's okay to question. And when the, the, those original videos dropped of this sale, I love the documentation of it. I love the transparency of it. Transparency in, in air quotes, I guess. And I even put it in when I had the newsletter going, which if you're a weekly RIP subscriber and you miss it, I miss it too. I want to bring that back. There'll be a time and a place. Um, life is a little wild right now with a little one, but I promoted that. I said, everyone go check this out. I'm enjoying this content. And because I fell into the, the, the hype. And so I think we all, whether it's the, my show, whether it's someone else's show, whatever show it is, um, people posting on Instagram, everyone should just be have a little bit of skepticism because I think that the more skepticism that we have, it, it can be healthy and it can protect us from buying into something that is just like kind of a box of G.I. Joe cards, I guess. So that's just kind of one thing I wanted to say is just look out for the hype in anything. Um, look out for if something is going up too fast. There's probably a reason why, and it's probably hype-related. And that's one thing I don't get. I don't get people hyping up a card or specific cards, showing off pictures and other people running and going purchasing those cards, or someone creating YouTube content around that and people going to run and get it. I, I don't get that. Like I don't understand that. And I think whenever you see cards go up multi multiples over time, you got to be skeptical. And I think we have data tools like Card Ladder to go in and look at these trends and see performance of cards over a long period of time. And the, the data tells the story. So for me, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but I guess it's my damn podcast. I can say whatever I want. Um, I just say be skeptical and be careful of the hype. I think whether it's the Logan Paul shine Pokemon case deal I mean, shout out, I shouted him out last week, but really the hero of this all kind of is Rattle Pokemon, who go check out his YouTube page, support his stuff. His investigation was flawless. Or the hacked eBay accounts or the topless breaker um, frat bros, whatever it is, this won't be the last time something like this happens. It's only going to continue, especially as our market expands and more people are coming in and um, you've got fanatics coming, you've got shows coming out and just more attention than ever on the hobby. But I think it's important, and I saw this on full display, is to remember it's a community and to hold each other accountable. And man, accountability was on full display this week, which I loved. And I saw it in droves, and I think it will be more important than, than ever as this hobby continues to expand. So that's kind of my perspective on the hobby drama. Watch out for the hype. Always hold each other accountable. And at the end of the day, just be a good freaking person. Don't be, don't be a dick. All right. My week was a busy week of buying, selling, consolidating, and more. I love this hobby. I love this damn hobby so much. It is, I can't like, I can't sum it into one thing. It's a multitude of things, whether it's the 
obsession with refreshing save searches on eBay, posting cards, communicating with others in the community, cheering people on, sharing information, creating content. There's just so much good shit in the hobby and there's so much to learn and there's so many damn good people. So talked about all those, uh, those, the bad things that just in the last portion, but there's so many good people. Like there really is, you know, them, you sit there, you talk with them. You've got friends. I've got friends. And that's why it's awesome. And I think we're all busy. We all got jobs. We got kids. We got priorities outside of the hobby. And I've always said this, and I'll say it again, and you're going to hear me say it until this show closes up. But this, and the show's not closing anytime soon. I'm just saying, I'll always say this. It's an escape. I'm pouring so much energy into it. And the baby was down this week, and I was getting together a, a massive package. Um, and I was talking to my wife about what I was doing and why I was doing it. And she, was, she said, man, that just sounds exhausting. And I said, I love the work. And I think I love the work and I love the process and I love getting my hands on things. And I just love going through the motions of being a collector in this hobby. I need a distraction. And man, there's not a better distraction than being a participant in the sports card market. I put out there this week, collecting is a set of experiments that helps us find focus. We collect on potential and exit when it doesn't pan out. We collect on nostalgia and sell after the memories have been satisfied. We collect on passion and may never leave that lane. Stay active. The experimentation of the hobby, I map back to my professional career as being a marketer. Marketing is a set of experiments. It's like telling jokes at a small comedy club. When you have, you th- there's a reason why even the big um, comedy acts, they go into small clubs and test their stuff out first before they do the Netflix special um, because they're trying to experiment. They're trying to see where the reactions are. And I think for me as a participant in the hobby, it is always a set of experiments. It's finding, buying cards, seeing if it sticks. It's selling cards, seeing if I regret it. It's trying new platforms. It's meeting new people and it's learning. I think every year I've been back in the hobby, I look back on the last, and it all my my collection and how I'm operating always looks different. And I think that's a really good thing. There are always constants, and with time, I I try to double down. So if you're something like, example, Peyton Manning cards and collecting Peyton Manning cards, if you continue to be something that wakes me up in the morning and I get fired up about, you're probably going to continue to be part of my hobby operating. So. I talked about the big package. My collection was getting way too big. I had a lot of stuff in my collection that I liked but didn't love. And I think like when I'm going through this process, a lot of people struggle with this and I have always struggled with this. And if you need help on it, I always think like, if this left my collection, would I be thinking about it the next day? I think it's a great litmus test. Also, I'm looking to level up. I'm looking to buy cards that, two years from now seemed uh, unattainable and seemed ridiculous. The thing is, it's just like being a salesperson, okay? So a salesperson puts in a ton of activity, right? Puts in a ton of activity, making, emailing, calls, building relationships, building connections. When salespeople do those things, do they immediately turn around and respond and say, yeah, I want to buy your stuff? No, it's, that's atypical, It's always a culmination of events and you're planting the seeds over time and eventually things sprout up and someone says, yeah, 
I'm into what you're you're selling. I want to buy buy this. And I think I think about my time spent in the hobby kind of from that like salesperson activity perspective. Not like I'm trying to sell you all on something, but it's more like I'm selling myself on something based on the amount of work I'm putting in, just buying, putting out individual cards, figuring out what goes into my PC, seeing what I like, seeing what I don't like. And eventually the things rise to the top that I want to keep. And so I had this big, I did this, like, it was like a, I needed a distraction. It was like this, this, I was thinking about the Colts and I was getting pissed off and I was like, I, I just, I need to get my head out of the gutter here. And I've been thinking about my PC and my PC being too big. And I've been thinking about these cards that I wanted for a long period of time. And yeah, these cards two years ago seemed ridiculous, like I could never afford them. But now I have all these other cards. And if I were just to sell these cards that I kind of like, then I'd have money that I could go buy the card that I never thought I could get anymore or it was too expensive. So that process was kind of like running through my head. And I, you know, people talk about consolidation. There's different ways to consolidate. Some people love it. Some people don't. But to me, I was, I just went through my case and I just looked at, I asked myself the questions. Like if I were to get rid of this tomorrow, would I care? Um, does this have long-term significance to me in this collection? And I just started pulling cards, pulling them, pulling these cards. And my stack was getting really big and my case was thinning out. And I was like, damn, like, I didn't think I was going to pull this many cards. So then I went and I had two stacks and I took a picture and I put it on my story and said, like, these are the cards I just pulled. And I was, as I was looking at them, I like went through them one more time. And I was like, you know what? Like I have evolved past, whether it was a player, whether it was a type of card, stuff that I just wasn't in my wheelhouse right now. So I had these two stacks. Then I immediately looked at, I did the, my, my second factor authentication of this process, if you will. I pulled open my phone and I went to my eBay safe searches. And I looked at my safe searches and I looked at the stack. And I said, okay, well, these cards are in this safe search. Am I cool just to delete this safe search? Will I be cool on that? And I just started deleting safe searches. Deleting safe searches. And man, was it therapeutic. It was freaking awesome. I was like, holy, I've, I feel good. I feel I'm focused. I feel like I don't need to represent other cards now that I might not care about anymore. And it just felt good. And so what I did was got my cards together, put them in, I think it ended up being, yeah, four like PSA boxes into a bigger box. And I sent it to my man Worf. War Sports Cards, Nick. There's a shout out. And I sent it to him to consign. He's a eBay consigner. And I've talked about him. He's been on the show before. But I think here's a punchline that I want to just drill down. With these topless breaker guys and so many other people, like you as the hobby participant have the power to select the breaker, the consigner, the auction house. That best is going to service you. And to me, for what I want and how I want it, it's worth sports cards. I trust Nick. I love the process. I appreciate the communication and the payouts are quick. That's all I needed. I was saying goodbye to these cards. 
Oh, and here's another thing. People are, and when I had the same thought when I got back in the hobby, it was like, man, why would people do the consigner thing? Like, I can just do it myself. Well, when you have 50 plus cards and you have a new baby and you've got a very demanding job and you create sports card content, there's only so much time. So I don't have time to manage 50 conversations on eBay. I don't have time to send out uh, 50 pieces of mail. I don't have, like, that wharf i pay i pay wharf takes a percentage to take that out and i love that i let the consigner plays such a critical role for people like me so i at this point i just felt good about the process i feel clean i feel like i'm consolidating a little bit and what i'm about to talk about didn't influence the activity i just talked about but it was like side by side these things were happening so the and I'm going to talk about this. I don't have this card in hand, but I'm going to, when I do, believe me, I'm going to post post the shit out of it. I'm going to tag it. I'm going to talk about it on the show. But side by side of me putting these boxes together, I went on PWCC, and I have a thing where I am like habitual with my searching through platforms of Peyton cards, and I I'm checking recently at it all the time. And a card popped up and I looked at the card. It's a card I want, have wanted for a while. And I said, oh boy, I want that card. And to me, the gut check is always, and this is scary because the card just popped up. I had conviction around the price. I had conviction around, I have conviction around the card. It just, like in my brain, it was like, check, 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 all these qualifiers. And so I did this happened like right before I was going to bed. And so I was like, all right, do I just do do I make the offer now? Do I just buy this now? Is someone else gonna come in and swoop it? And I took a step back and I said, dude, just like go to sleep. And if it's there in the morning and you're still thinking about it, do your thing. So I put my phone down, charged it, closed my eyes, woke up about two hours later. Couldn't stop thinking about the card. Went to PWCC, checked, the card was still there. Like, all right, let me try to get back to bed. I, I couldn't get back to it. I was like thinking about it. I was like, damn it, do I just buy this card? So I went to, got back to bed, woke up, the card was still there. It had literally been on the platform, I don't even think. Posted on the platform, I don't know, six hours maybe. And so I got my stuff together, was about to go for a run. It's like, no headphones, no do Just think about this card on your run. So I was thinking about this card on my run. And when I got done with my run, I just grabbed my phone and I made an offer, took a shower, got ready for work. A couple hours later, counter offer, offer accepted. Boom. This is a big boy purchase. I'm fired up to get it. But now, based on activity of me being obsessive on my save searches, I have a card coming my way that I didn't think that I would be I would have that I'm so fired up about that won't leave the PC and I have this box of 50 cards that are going over to Wharf to be put on eBay this next week so these two things are running side by side and I'm like god I love the hobby this is awesome I think activity helps you find focus the more you do certain things and the more you experiment and try other things the more rewarding it is because you find what you really like and then you can cut out what you don't. I just wanted to share that story with you because it's been a highlight of my week is all this crazy personal 
highlight of my week is all this other crazy stuff happens in the hobby. I want to thank my man, Jordan, Northwood Card Collector. Great. I love the conversation. I got tons of good feedback. I love the stories around his Peyton stuff. I'm bringing the most reoccurring of all reoccurring guests on the Stacking Slides podcast back this Friday. We're talking to my man, Chris. We're going to talk Chris from Card Ladder. I have not had him on the program since the PSA acquisition of Card Ladder. So I want to congratulate him on that, talk a little bit about that, and talk a little bit about data on the football and basketball side, things that he's seeing. But I want to get into a conversation around the collector's mindset because this show is about exploring the collector and Chris is one of my favorite, most passionate collectors in the hobby. I want to thank Nick, Hobby Quick Hitters. I was on his show. He published it a couple times. He's been rolling those out. Go check out his stuff. I also want to ch- uh, shout out Adam, the Real 27 guy. Um, had a nice little surprise. Got the new Basketball Card Fanatic hard copy in the mail. It looks great. Like, they, th- this crew has really up-leveled their product. Um, it feels good. feels like a legit mag. Um, it just, uh, the content's good. There's an interview with Josh Luber that I am going to read today. So excited about that. Also, I'm, I know they, they have a website too. So if you want to check out Basketball Card Fanatic, bcfmag.com, go check it out. All right, let's see here. Let's round this out. I got a PSA return this past week. And I got to say, it was Express. Two weeks later, boom. And it was just a great experience. I think PSA's turnaround times are are great. And I subbed two cards that were significant to me and the wrestling card community. 2021, Topps Chrome, Roman Reigns, Super Fractor. Got a PSA 9, and I subbed the 2021 Topps Transcendent, Roman Reigns, Red 1 of 1. Got a PSA 9-2. I sub them, and I, I know there's a debate, like, why do you sub one of ones? I sub everything that is in my PC that is going to stay in my PC. And I, I just had a blast posting. Um, as I record this, I haven't posted the, the Transcendent yet. I posted the Super. Um, but just so much fun posting them. I love these cards. They mean a ton to me. Um, I want them encapsulated and authenticated by PSA. They're cards that like it'll be hard for them to leave my collection. Um, I got a lot of <laughs> DMs about the Super Roman selling it, not for sale. Um, I appreciate the interest, um, but I I don't know. Like I just I the show's called Stacking Slabs. Obviously, I have a plenty of raw cards, more raw cards now probably in my collection than I have ever had before. Um, but just those two cards, like I felt. It felt funny to me that I had these two bangers that were sitting there not authenticated in in a PSA slab, and that's just how I collect. And so I I just want to shout out PSA for um, the amazing turnaround time on those, Um, and I'm happy to have those in my PC. I want to close out with this. You see the cards. You check the sales history. You study pop reports. You almost back away because you think something is wrong. It's like digging up a treasure, first to market feeling. Nothing hits harder that a heavy dose of cardboard conviction. Don't be a sheep. If you see something that you're passionate about, that you love, and other people aren't talking about it, who cares? Go buy the damn thing that makes you happy. Chances are other people are going to come around to those cards too. I am seeing that every day with some of the stuff I'm collecting, and it's so much fun. 
So don't be scared. You don't need anyone else's approval but yourself. If it fits inside your collection and it makes you happy and it, you have conviction around it, that is the best part about being in the hobby. Be unique. And when you do get it, and post it and tell a damn story so we can all enjoy it too. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Stacking Slabs podcast. Do all those things, the follows, everything else. Tell a damn friend. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Got my man, Chris, Card Ladder Team, on the show on Friday. Take care. Peace out.